Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Lorente, what? Fuck off with Lorente for Bashuai. Like I don't know. Uh, I'm blocking Chelsea if they sign Lorente. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only recourse I have. I don't want Lorente in this team. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. I am Daniel Taluk. I am that. Dude, that is sometimes referred to as half up, aka double H, aka the nice guy. And I'm some dumb nerd they call Carl Anker. Oh, don't put yourself down, Carlos. <laughs> All right, man. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Sorry I wasn't here last week. It was my brother's 21st birthday. You you were you were greatly missed. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you guys want to start out with? You guys want to go Africa Cup of Nations first, or you guys want to go Premier League? Let's let's do Premier League. I want to talk about the FA Cup. Do you? I do because we're told that the FA Cup is, you know, historically the greatest cup competition in world football, and yeah. nothing can beat the magic of the FA Cup. But, uh, gentlemen, did either of you the third round this past weekend? I watched the third round as a byproduct of there's no other football on at this time. Therefore, I'm going to watch it anyway. No, I mean, yeah, I sort of watched bits and bobs, but I didn't, I didn't sit down and watch a full match now. Okay, so my question to you, gentlemen, is do you care about the FA Cup? These days, it's basically back, let's say, back in the day, FA Cup was like, whoa, really think for me. But I think as years have progressed, I think a lot more focus has been like, let's say on the Champions League and the league. I think because of all the managers coming into, into the, the league happening now and the kind of stories that have happened, I think the league has become even more prominent and even more, much more of a focus than FA Cup. So it's almost as if, oh yeah, FA Cup, oh yeah, there's that cup competition. Okay, yeah, that's that. Okay, thanks. And even when you win, it's like, okay, you win the FA Cup. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trophy, but the pie is still the league. I think the FA Cup has slightly just dipped in relevance. 
Mm. Do you know what it is? I care about it insofar as as much as the other teams seem to care about it. So if Arsenal are playing and they play their, not even their B team, like their C team, or if Liverpool field what their youngest team ever, their average age was like 21 years old mm. and 300 and something days, like you don't care about it or you're just trying to field a team that you think will beat the team at hand, not necessarily play the best players that you have available. So it kind of detracts from it. Also, you have to think England have the League Cup as well. I don't understand why there are two cups other than money. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so right. So Liverpool have what the the League Cup semifinal coming up or whatever yeah. round it is. Uh, United as well. So they have to field lesser teams in the third round of the FA Cup because they have to project forward. So I, I care about it as much as you care about it. So if, or as much as the draw will allow. So if Tottenham play Arsenal and they both play good teams, then I'll tend to I'll tend to watch and care. Yeah. Okay. Think, so my my yeah. counter question to you: There were a number of interesting ties uh, in the third round, but a number of them weren't televised. Basically, your big dogs get shown first. So Reading versus Manchester United was something like the fifty-sixth tie in a row, which is one reason why I think so many. Football fans hate Manchester United. Uh, so my question to you, gentlemen, is if you had one way to fix the FA Cup and, and make it a prestigious tournament, would you bring seeding in? Would you allow teams to nominate who they want to play in the next round? Would you make it a mandatory under-24 competition and make it like a two-legged tie all the way around? What would you do? It's very simple, like literally, which is a point that Daniel even made the point. If they did away with the League Cup, automatically that FA Cup becomes a lot more prominent. Mm. Because think about it, if you're going into a season in that and I have to cater for the league and two cup competitions, you're like, mates, I'm sorry, man, I have to like, because you're like, okay, look, 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 look at Liverpool now. They have a league cup game game to go. They're second in the league. They've got an FA Cup game. I don't blame Klopp for what he did, fielding under a very young, young team. So if you take away that cup competition, I know that's we have a league and we have a cup competition. Already, you're like, boom. It's now the cup competition is there. But when you've got the FA Cup and the League Cup, two cup competitions, it just dilutes it dilutes both of them. So it kills both of them because you're like, yes, yeah, the FA Cup, but oh, there's a League Cup, but it's the League Cup, but FA Cup is more important. But oh. So you take away the League Cup, automatically the FA Cup becomes a lot more prominent because that's how it was before. Back in the day, there was no League Cup in what? In the, in the 90s. It was the FA Cup and the league, that was it. Mm. Oh, there was, there was, my friend. The League Cup was around. We just called it the Worthington Cup. In the 90s. Yeah. The League Cup started in, I think, 1960. Yeah. Maybe 19- There's a long lineage in a League Cup. Well, maybe it was called, it was definitely not called the Worthington Cup in the 90s. It was maybe called something different. Because you know, the Worthington Cup was like, that was like maybe late 90s, early 2000s. But even then, it's like, I just feel that you need to take away that League Cup because I feel the... Leagues have become so grueling. Mm. The competition is so high that I feel that it's time. Because basically, back in the day, you didn't have the money that's around now, like the kind of coaching that's around now with the club Guardiola Conte. I think the league is so competitive and so demanding that taking away that league cup competition and just having an FA Cup allows teams, like the big team, to say, yeah, I can field a pretty strong team in a third or a fourth round. But if you're giving me another cup competition, I'm sorry, man. 
I'm not gonna. I and mean, if you feel that a weakened team, it diminishes the tone. The well, tone. and also, also like Klopp kind of played himself in a way because he played the lesser team, and on on its face, you can say yes, this makes sense. Hmm. But because of FA Cup replays as well, you feel that very young team, very inexperienced. You draw nil nil, and now you have to play another game. Yeah. On, t- on top of the League Cup duty and on top of um, the League. the Premier League. I don't know why that was coming to my head. Uh, and also, well, Liverpool don't have Europe, but let's suppose they had Europa League duties or Champions League duties. Then it gets even worse. So my fix, I think, would be once you get to the third round, if you guys know anything about American college basketball, mm. it's a field. I'll just simplify this as much as I can. It's a field of 64 teams. They're rated from 1 through 16. There are four brackets, East, West, Midwest, and South. And the best team plays the 16th. The second plays 15. And you just go along the bracket. And I think if you win six games, you win the cup or you win the championship. And I think that would be maybe a a cool thing to do. So if you're first in the league, so Chelsea would be the, the first seed. Or, or the, the the first number one, just because they're at the top of the Premier League um, at the moment of um, the third round's inception, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They would play whoever the 64th team was, um, I guess, at the bottom of League Two. Or maybe if there's a non-League team that has beaten um, a League Two team or a League One team in the first or second round. So I think that would be a way to spice it up. You could also have like brackets and stuff like that. Um, so I think that would make it, it might, it, it might not make it more prestigious, but it would make it more interesting, I think. I just want to pick your brains about to fix the FA Cup because it is, it's supposed to be historically a great competition, but it is being slowly suffocated. What would get people watching again? So I, it's one of my favorite pub questions now. If you're listening, guys, what would you do to restore the magic of the FA Cup? Also, every year I watch the FA Cup third round, I realize why England won't win a World Cup. <laughs> because because it, it, it kind of goes to what Pep was saying when he was talking about the unpredictability of playing long balls. If you look at the Spanish League or the French League even, or the German League, or especially like Spain, Spain and Italy, even the lower league teams, they, they have a system of playing that's slightly more predictable and not not predictable in a bad way, but they have a style where you're playing it on the floor. There's technical ability around. There seems to be, you know, tactics involved as well as technique. Whereas in, (laughs) whereas in England, you get these lower, you get these lower sides and the first thing they want to do is kick it long don't be rude, man. Don't be rude. No, it's it's not rude. It's just what I see. And they try to get it to the center forward and, you know, let havoc and this element of chance play itself out. And I've realized, like, if this is how they're training their players from young, like, no matter where the club is, so maybe League One, League Two, non-league, wherever, you only have a certain amount of players where, whether you want to say, Lalana, Joe Cole, these kind of players who are really going to be technically proficient. So the the pool of players that you're choosing from that you've nurtured from young isn't going to lend itself to winning the World Cup when you have Italy, Spain, Germany, France, all these teams who start from young with a certain technical prowess that it doesn't that seems lacking I think in English football. 
So every time I watch it, I'm like, these guys ain't winning the World Cup. <laughs> On your points, though, that is why it is more likely to see Giants killings in the FA Cup. But I think it's true. Cup was, yes, it's true. About, I think the magic of the FA Cup have been those Giants killings. Because there is no magic in like the Coppa del Rey or the Coppa Italia because all those teams from top to bottom all play with the ball on the floor and passing. And even with the ball on the floor, technical, you will get beat by the better team. Mm-hmm. Whereas there is a greater chance of you having a giant killing if you play that old school direct to long ball route one for football against a team that wants to now play technical in a rainy day that's windy and so forth. I mean, Cambridge, so, Cambridge United are beating Leeds right now. I don't know where Cambridge United are in the league table, but I know Leeds are like fifth in the championship, and it's one nil Cambridge. So they have just, it. The magic of the FA Cup, it lives. I, I, no, there's there's certainly magic, but it's just like eh, it is what it is. But I think Double H's solution would work. Actually, if you combine the two, get rid of the League Cup, and just make just seed it. Uh, Double H. You got anything? Yeah. Maybe AFCON, if you want to get into it. Oh, yeah, look, man. AFCON, man, I mean, look. Um, well, real simple is that who do you guys think will win the whole competition? But actually, no, I mean, like, two things. First of all, who do you think will win the whole competition? And where do you rank the Nations Cup with regards to how important do you see it? Because for me, I feel, in for me personally, personally, it's the second most important tournament for me personally. It goes the World Cup, then the Nations Cup, then probably Copa America, then the Euros, then the Champions League. Um, I don't. You know what? Being a person of Ugandan heritage, and this is the first time we've been in the competition in like the last forty years, hmm. or at least the the final competition. Obviously, there's qualifying, but uh. I think I'm more into it this year than ever because because it's the first time in my lifetime that the Cranes are actually going to have a chance. Now we're in a group with Ghana and Egypt. So, you know. It's it's the hardest group, man. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, so, I mean, like, but look, even if if we get, like, a point or two points from from the group, if we beat Mali, for instance. Mali, man. (laughs) It's like that group right there. That's not a. That's not. That's a hard group, man. Yeah, I that's mean, group, so, yes. yeah. So if if we get a point, I'd I'd be happy just to see you know my my club, you know, do something. But as far as like the rankings, I'd probably as as far as what I care about, um, World Cup, Euros, Africa Cup of Nations. If you want to throw, you added the Champions League, so I guess I put the Champions League there and then probably like Copa America I'm not really into Copa what about you Carl Carl what about you rankings uh including the Champions League yeah most important tournament in the world sorry Champions League World Cup Euros then AFCON wait 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 a minute wait one second you're telling me that the Champions League is uh, you care more about the Champions League than the World Cup is that what you're trying to tell me yeah, we've done this before. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. Okay, fair enough. I did this argument the first time I was here, remember? And we had a long conversation about Ronaldo. Uh, I care about the Champions League more. It's it's yeah, more of the best players playing in the Champions League more regularly than in any other tournament. Iron sharpens iron. And that happens more often in the Champions League than it does in any tournament in the world. 
the World Cup comes next because it's a four-year summation of what football is. Some four-year summations are a lot better than the others. Uh, World Cup 2010 wasn't particularly good. World Cup 2014 was, was crap. Did you say 14 was crap? Oh, no, no, no. I said no. 2010 was crap. 2010 was, was, was crap. That, that was the common consensus. I, it was, I quite enjoyed it because Ghana went very far. Um, yeah, so that's the World Cup. And then after that, Euros, because before last year's Euros, the Euros were possibly the hardest tournament in international to win. Um, and then AFCON, purely because I don't think there's any tournament in world football that has quite the same amount of rivalries that AFCON have. So there's just something about AFCON's spirit and vibe and rivalry that makes it a very particularly compelling tournament. It can be very hard to watch at times, so therefore I can't rank it as high as the others. Mm. Oh, Ghana's going to win because... <laughs> what? You say, say Ghana's going to win the whole thing? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm legally obligated to say Ghana's going to win. Well, I mean, look, man. I hate to break it to you, man, but, but Ghana ain't winning. No, nothing, man. I'm sorry, man. So... Last oh, AFCON during the penalty shootout. You know, I watched oh, that at a Ghanaian restaurant. I had the best jollof ever at a Ghanaian restaurant, and I watched that final Ghana and Ivory Coast. And literally, I've never seen a place completely disappear and just go empty as I did as soon as Ivory Coast won that penalty. Like, literally, it was the most depressing place to be in the whole of London, man. So, we'll do it this time. We'll do it this time. I have to believe you can't be, you can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> For me, I'll just say that, like, as, as, as a whole, as in, who do you think are the favourites or the, the surprises? I think if we can do group by group, I mean, we could be careful because we've still got yeah. some other things to do. But for me, I say that Egypt are my pick to win it. And um, I think Egypt and Ga- Egypt, Gabon are my two picks, but Egypt for sure. They're my, my pick to win it. Surprise package is going to be between Uganda and Guinea-Bissau. Don't put that on us, bro. And for me, I know that <laughs> if Senegal get get it right, if they get their tactics right, they'll win it. But I just don't feel they get it because Senegal have the best players. I feel, you know, and they and they also like basically betting wise, they actually ranked as the team who are most likely to win it. Kulibali, Mane, Cisse, all these boys. I think you know, but I just don't know whether they'll be able to like whether that could count against them. The favorite tag will count against them. But I just see Egypt, man. Hector Coupe, I saw these boys against Ghana in the qualifier. These guys look like they're, they're on it, you know, so. Where's Nigeria? What happened? <laughs> Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> Where does the dream fam? Where? Where? Uh, what's his face left? Mikhail's in China. How do you feel about that, Double H? You feel good? You feel like maybe this is a changing of the guard and you'll get Keller Chi as captain sooner rather than later. What's going on? He's not talking. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. All right, so... No matter what happens to God, I can still laugh because where's Nigeria? Where? Where, fam? <laughs> we have a lot of fun on this podcast. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the teams and I say Group A... I mean, I, I really like Burkina Faso, if only for Bertrand Traore. He's like my favorite young player in the world. Um, but I'd probably give it to Gabon. Group B, Algeria, Senegal. Group C seems kind of open. Maybe Ivory Coast. 
<sighs> group, why did we have to be in group D? Like, I don't understand why. It's a hard group, man. Group D. No, group it's D. like we haven't been there in 40 years, and you give us like two of the hardest teams on the continent. I mean, I suppose that's what you sign up for, but. Be the man, you gotta beat the man. Yeah. No, 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 for me, I think the key thing is if y'all can beat Mali, get a point from Egypt, I think that's it. depends which Ghana shows up. If Ghana are on it, then boom. But if it's that Ghana that's where they're ill-prepared, Jan is missing like four or five chances. We did draw with Ghana at home in World Cup qualifying. So, it's, look, it's possible. It's possible. Uganda can, it's possible that they can do something. Or if you beat Mali, get a point from Egypt and Ghana, five points could be enough. We have the best goalkeeper in uh, in South African League. Ooh. So, Dennis Oyengo. Um, I was watching this documentary on, on African football, and <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to get to say this again, so I might as well say it now. Like, I took notes. Like, I was very intent on, like, making sure the white man didn't lie to me, if you know Whoa. what I mean. <laughs> no, it was a BBC documentary, and they were trying to tell me about the origins of football in Africa. It was just something that was on television, and mm. I was just trying to make sure, like, I wasn't lied to. So I had to do research, right? And... What what struck me, like we I can have a whole separate podcast on this, right? But what struck me is there's this consensus that like an African team hasn't won the World Cup in I guess the, the World Cup's been going on since like nineteen thirty. Mm. How okay, there have been four hundred and twenty five teams who have laced up their boots and gone to the World Cup since nineteen thirty. 425. Mm. How many of those do you think came from Africa? Um, about 30? 39 out of 425. That's 9%. And then watch this. In one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tournaments, Africa didn't have a team. And in four tournaments, they only got one. It's only been in the last maybe 12. 16 years that Africa's actually had legitimate representation in the World Cup. So, so this whole African teams haven't won a World Cup, no, African no, no, football's this, African football's that, it's nonsense. Really? Also, with Egypt, Egypt were the only nation who had the, the kind of freedom in the early growth of football because a lot of the other nations, if you go back to the 1920s and 30s, they wanted colonization. Right, so Egypt was the only nation who really had freedom to do what they wanted in that way. But anyway, your point, Double H. No, no, as in like, like, look on the on the seventeen level, Nigeria have won the World Cup the most times. So the natural ability is there, and I do believe that if Africa, because basically, I think that look, there's it's very complex because I, I I look at that under seventeen thing. I look at how well Ghana do, how well. I think, I think even in the last one, I think it was Mali who got to the semifinals. I saw, saw how well these guys do. So the natural ability is there. But when you now go into the, the, the senior team, there's economics, there's tactics, there's club play. So there's so many different things. But also, I just think that, which the point that you were making is that with the early years being so dominated by Europe and South, South America, and the African teams only coming into the the fray only recently you know it's like you can't really judge us as like oh no will it an african team win win the world cup and even this goes 
to a, a point, because this is a segue into when will an African team win the World Cup? And it's like, um, I don't know, man, because I don't know whether it will be anytime soon. Because there is no African team I see. First of all, again, name me one African guy who, apart from Obama Yang, who is world class. An African world class player? Yeah. Like back in the day, you had Okocha, you had George, George Ware. We still have to have this world class debate at one point. Um, so I don't know necessarily what you mean by, by world class. Oh, okay, a, a guy who in his position, you would say he's top five in the world in his position. Top five of the best in his position. I wouldn't say there is one right now. I'd say the top African footballers playing right now are Obamanyang, Ane, Mares, uh last season. Wanyama. Yaya uh, Toure, when he turns it on, still has something in him. Oh no, but but Calvo, come on! I mean, Aubameyang one hundred percent is top five in his position for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Aubameyang is the closest thing Africa has to a world class player. Um, no, no, I, I think no, I wouldn't even say closest. Thing. I'll say no, he is world class. Like it's not even closest thing. He is world class. Aubameyang, like his scoring ratio is ridiculous. So one hundred percent, he's world class, and he is the top five. He's the top five striker in the world. But I think apart from that. They nobody, man. Sorry, you know. It's it's a thing where like my dad was born in the fifties, right? So Britain had it. Britain didn't give Uganda independence until nineteen sixty-two. Dang. So expecting these nations who haven't been given the freedom and they're still being ransacked to a certain measure. So let's give them fifty, sixty years, and let's let them catch up to what we've been doing since eighteen eighty. It's not really fair to have the comparison, but. <sighs> As for world-class play, I mean, I'd probably say Aubameyang. So the debate is very interesting because there are definitely more world-class players of African descent out there. Oh, yeah. Like Zidane is Algerian. Play. You know, Zidane arguably is an Algerian. Yeah, Algeria is a great example of this. Algeria have, make, have made a concerted effort to recruit young players who might have declared for France previously. Mm. They essentially went to mentality. Let's look at someone like... Uh, let's make sure if Zidane ever comes again, Algeria doesn't want to miss out on them. And I think that's coming across in quite a few more of the North African nations now. We're basically going to be, uh, if there's a young player of African descent playing in Europe that looks very well, sign them early. I think a very interesting thing that happened for England recently was uh, Wilfred Zaha. has mm. just declared for every coast. And I think that might be next decade, just African nations, for lack of a better term, reclaiming players mm. who might have previously played for their uh i don't want to say colonial power but that seems to be the most apt term <laughs> no, 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 wait, 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 wait. That, that is that's the fact colonial power yes they're colonial masters yes. man let's 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 be real here it's 2017 man i think that'll be the next step obviously the problem with that is you're not necessarily picking the best players you're probably picking the the second tier that's true. Um, so Zaha, you know, Zaha, I, I, there's no question if Zaha could play for England, Zaha would probably have played for England over Ivory Coast. Choosing the Ivory Coast is an improvement on what Ivory Coast previously had. And I think that will happen for the next 10 years, maybe. And then we'll see. Like, in an ultimate universe, Mario Balotelli lines up alongside Danny Welbeck for Ghana. Yeah. At this AFCON. Hmm. Well, see, I, I was going to say, like, if you guys had the choice... Uh, obviously, I mean, it's a bit different for Double H because I think you were born in Nigeria, so you might have a bigger attraction to, you know, playing the green, winning green. I don't, I don't, I don't suspect that you'd play for anywhere else. But if if I was given the chance, like, 
you could play for Canada, America, or Uganda. I think about that all the time. Like, like if I was good enough, who would I play for? Why, the, why would you want to play for Canada, Canada or America? I, I don't know, but I feel like I'd be pressured into doing it. So I think about this too. Uh, if I was a top six Premier League football player, would I play for England or would I play for Ghana? So if I played for England, more money, less travel, mm. um, less travel, better facilities, better pitches, so injury risk as well, because you've got to bear in mind, you know, we, we see reports about guys like Sanchez or whatever flying all around the world doing that. The African players fly back to Africa for qualifiers and whatnot, and they're playing on pitches that aren't as good. You're playing in uh, sometimes hostile environments. Whoa, oh, and I oh, think- pause, 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 pause. Just don't, don't forget your point. But if you're playing for a European club, it wouldn't like England playing Russia. Wouldn't that be a hostile environment if you're melanated, so to speak? <laughs> yes, it would. Um, I suppose hostile in this description. No, no, actually, no. You've just raised a good point. No, I'll shut up. <laughs> you have raised a good point. I suppose. The oh, no, 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 is... no, no, no. I'm not. I think what Carl is trying to say. I think Carl's point was more so within like travel, basically, like like what happened to Adebayo in Togo okay. when. His the boss was fired upon, so it's like the kind of hostile environments that African countries are in. Well, see, I would feel like in Africa, it's more a uh, a result of the footballing passion. You you understand what I mean? It's not footballing passion; it's just general stability. Like it's different. I imagine. So, take let's take a young player like Iwobi, right? So Iwobi plays for Arsenal. He plays on some of the best pitches in Europe. He plays one of the best stadiums in Europe. He's got some of the best young coaches around him. And then he, once every now and again, he has to go back to Nigeria. The pitches aren't as good. Hey, easy. Says uh, <laughs> The pitches might not be as good. The coaching may be uh, a different level. Um, and then, of course, there's also the, the task of you might be, Billy might be different. Um, now, I think another thing is also, if you don't speak your mother tongue, or your parents' mother tongue. So for me, I don't speak the tribal language in Ghana. So it'd be particularly difficult for me to go to Ghana and be like, right, I'm your football player. Let's do stuff. Because obviously there's like certain things I'm not going to pick up. Mm. During the 2010 World Cup, Kevin Prince Boateng described his reaction in Ghana as fantastic because they treated him for all intents and purposes as a European. He had lighter skin, he had tattoos, he was seen as cultured, and, uh, and he was, you know, because that run was particularly good, because Ghana went far, he was regarded as something of a hero. Put the clock forward to 2014 World Cup, where Ghana players are said to have almost gone on strike over payment and then to Brazil at the last minute. And then Colonel <laughs> Prince Boateng, Boateng is, is becomes the villain of the piece because he, he, he become, he, rather than becoming like, oh, the returning hero or prodigal son. Your boy was kissing money, Carl. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because so now the, the narrative changes, so he becomes the evil, uh, not quite African enough footballer who's just in it for a paycheck. Mm. I think it's tricky. I think I think it's very interesting to see generation of players would do. I would love, I would love more more players of African descent opting to play for their their African nations. Yep. But at the same time, I can totally understand why Danny Welbeck would choose England over Ghana. Who would you choose? Uh, <laughs> Don't be a traitor, don't be a traitor, man. <laughs> when, I play, when I play FIFA, 
well, Ghana's not in FIFA, which is exactly. Stupid. But like, when I play, that, that's another kind of like the the marketing isn't as um isn't as good. You know what I mean? Like it's not prestigious to play for your uh your your home nation, as it were, rather than playing for an England or France or even Belgium. If you look at guys like Lukaku or Benteke, if they were in the I uh, always find that startling. Yeah, do you They're like on. like do you know the history? Like I I, yeah. I want to go up to those guys. Have you read about Leopold and what and what the Belgians did in Congo? Why are you playing for the national team? But then again, it's it's just oh, up to you. Wow. It's up to them. If if he, if if they choose to, then go ahead. I'm not sure if you saw it, but earlier this season, uh, a news story went up about the secret language that Lukaku and Balassi speak. I hope. Would you like to? I mean, inform no, no, our no, readers. No, no, no. All I know is that it's a secret language, but I think, Carl, you may know a bit more than me, but I just know that how they're able to get on the same wavelength and connect is that they speak in a certain language that nobody else can understand or, or decipher. And the secret language was Lingala, which is Ale Bumbae Lingala, <laughs> the, the language of the country formerly known as Zaire. Mm. So, yes, there's still, still a very bizarre interest there. I'm sorry I've just reflected Zaire as their former colonial term. <laughs> Are they? The Democratic Congo now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. If if you're from the Congo, I apologize there. I'm trying to think of who who's on their squad, Belgium. There's Bashwai, Benteke, Origi, who's Kenyan, so maybe that's a bit different. Lukaku, Witzel? What is Witzel? Sounds German more than anything. Um, I think that's it. I feel like Double H, we, we had a conversation once upon a time mm. about how French players actually don't necessarily seem as if they are their mother country. They're just French. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember yeah, yeah. that conversation? Oh, no, no, yeah, like, that's so. what it's like. If, like, if, if, an, if, like, a black guy comes up to me and says he's English, I'm like, uh, really? Whereas if a black guy says... Comes up to me and says that he's French. I'm like, okay, yeah, I do believe that you're French, you know. So interesting. Because I just think, like, in, in England, like, I just don't really see a black. I basically I, the black Englishman just doesn't. I just don't see a black guy as English or as an Englishman. I just don't see it. But I do see a black guy as a Frenchman, you know. And him being French, yeah, I I agree and, and and I do see it. Well then, I think we've lost our point, but. Uh... <laughs> Good talking with you. Next one, the boys. So, on Friday, Manchester City, West Ham, it was quite perfunctory. Raheem Sterling looked to have scored with his penis. Um, and Bakary Sanya learned how to cross while running again. It was great. Uh, but what I want to raise is this very interesting quote from Pep Guardiola um, after the game. Uh, he seemed to be very unhappy after the Burnley game. Looks as if he quit football after he left Manchester City. It all looked very much like he doesn't like England. He's fed up with the English press and he doesn't particularly like anything about the country. Um, but these quotes I found particularly interesting. I'm not going to change England. And I don't want to do that. Of course, it's going to change me. When I do all my career, the same thing, 15 or 20 years as a coach, it's boring. Sometimes I have an idea. Throw at a back or play a player like this. And sometimes it didn't work. And when that happens, it is always the manager and I never complain to the players. You have to look at yourself and see what you have to do to help them. Find each other and play each other more fluently. That is my job, and I have to help them. Thank you to footballing website, Football365, 
all those quotations. Um, but gentlemen, what are you thinking about there? Is he enjoying Manchester? Is he holding his hands up so that he's not quite got it right? Does he seem fed up to you? What do you think? I think, especially when he started off in the season, because remember, he's never had to be in a title race with three or four other teams. In Spain, it was either him or Real Madrid, and he had Messi. At, in Germany, it was Ole Bayern and that was it, and he had like a freaking stacked team. Now you're really in a title race where it's tough, and I think that that is slightly affecting him because he believed his own hype. He believed that, yeah, I am one of the greatest coaches of all time, and I'm going to come to England and completely change it. Because he felt that he was going to change the whole culture of England. But I think the fact that England haven't been like, hey, you know what, we're all going to play with the, with the ball on the ground and stop playing the long ball thing. So the fact that he's not been able to totally change and people haven't fully embraced his philosophy, this is like a defense mechanism. These um, kind of comments that he's saying of like, yeah, man, I am. I want to do this, blah, blah, if I want to play for the blah, blah, blah. Because again, look, he's arrogant. For better or for worse, he's, he's an arrogant man. You know, he may not seem that way and he may seem like if he's humble, but when you were pumped up that much and you won those many trophies, you'd, it would make you a very arrogant guy, you know. So I think that's what is interesting to see how this season will unfold because if they don't win it and they come like third or fourth, that'll be interesting, you know. And let's hope that he, they do come. Because if, if, if they don't come top four, then that's a whole different conversation. But that won't happen. So, What do you think, Carl? I think it's been interesting. So there is a section of English football fandom and media that would enjoy it if Pep failed. Um, you know, there's enough tweets about bold fraud. I particularly would find it very interesting if he didn't turn out to win it in his first season. I think... A lot of people I like to annoy to calm down about how good Pep is. Uh, but he did look noticeably annoyed after the Bernie victory uh, and he didn't particularly want to talk to anyone. And I think he's got... Well, essentially, I think he's, he's going to acclimatise, but I think it's going it's to be a difficult season for him. I, For some reason, I've got into my head that City are the most likely of the top six teams to drop out the top four now. To use a cliche, I think they can be got at and I think they've got a very much a flaw in the fact that system or his preferred way of playing football will cry as very, very intelligent, very, very athletic fullbacks and City don't have them. At the same time, I would not be, you know, John, the John Stone question will rage on for probably another five years. Hi. Carl. <laughs> it's like you melted. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Carl, Carl. No, look, man. I mean, look, Pep, man. For me, City are coming top four. I don't care what anyone says. That's that's that, that's a fact. But I think, no, look, it's interesting because I still want Pep to, to, to suffer more. I, I don't think he's <laughs> suffered enough. So. I, no, see, I, I think part of it is Pep hate, where people who weren't really a fan of the whole tiki taka, tic tac toe, as you call it, football. Yeah. They're just dying to see Pep kind of meet his match in Premier League football. And, and and there's a bunch of people that were like, yeah, you're doing it with Messi. Yeah, you're doing it with Bayern. But when you come to the Premier League, though, it's just people trying to be right. So when Pep fails, I was right. It's just people just stroking their own ego. As for Carl's actual question, 
Like what? Like what do I think? I I think the Premier League will change him, but probably in a good way. And even he might not win as much as as he's used to winning, mm. but that might not be a bad thing. One Premier League title might be worth two Bundesliga titles. So maybe you do have to go through a year of hardship, but that one championship you win might be worth more than just dominating the German league and winning it by 15 points or however. It's very much the same argument where Ibrahimovic can score 30 goals at PSG, but if he scores 15 in the Premier League, it's more impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that might be Pep's argument. Like I might have to suffer more, but when I do win or when I, when I do come out the other end and maybe you know find success, um, it'll be... It'll, it'll feel like more of an achievement. So I think you're, you're right. He does have to suffer. Do I want him to suffer? Yes. I mean, I think that's what Schoenfraden. Yeah, I love so, a bit of Schoenfraden, my friend. <laughs> so I don't really have that feeling towards Pep. I'm, I was pretty indifferent to the whole tiki-taka. Like, it was just a way to win football games. Yeah, no, I, I despised it. <laughs> I completely despised it. Horrible time. Pep, he, he, Guardiola railed against the description of tiki-taka. Um, he said it, it did a disservice to what was actually going on. Um, wait, wait, what's he, I mean, what's he on about, man? That's how that's, that's what you, you played, man. So I don't know why he was smoking when he said, Oh, you're doing a disservice. That's what you played possession, ball hog. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 I was never particularly a fan of it. I, I found it very much a football via strangulation, death of a thousand cuts. And I, mm. I'd offer the point that one reason why the 2010 World Cup was particularly unfulfilling has something to do with the fact that with a very unique style of football that if you don't particularly enjoy it, you can find boring. So you, so, so basically you found the 2010 World Cup boring. It was crap. That World Cup I did not. Crap. You used all those words to say it was boring or just Spain's football I, was boring? I did not. I really enjoyed the 2010 World Cup because they had a very unique spirit and feel. Ghana's run was fantastic. Yeah, no, no, no. So uh, you like it because of Ghana. So, guys, guys, are we forgetting the Vuvuzela? <laughs> I love the Vuvuzela. <laughs> no, no, actually, no, no. You know that was actually good. I mean, people who found it annoying. I, I liked it. I liked it. But no, that one, that was cool. No, no I think you no. Know, South Africa hosted a very good World Cup. I mean, the vibes, the stadium, the main. How do we stadium. feel about South Africa being the first African nation to host the World Cup, though? Well, white people run the country, so it's understandable that it was going to be South Africa. So yeah, but they they weren't in like like I said, I watched this documentary, so I'm, I feel like I'm kind of clued up. They weren't even in the uh, the Confederation of African Football until Mandela came around, and you're the first team to get the World Cup, not Egypt. Because white people run the country, so they were always going to be the first team that were the first African <laughs> nation to get it. It's as simple as that. Come on, man, it's a white man's world, man. Let's be real here. Like no. I knew it. I, it was. It didn't even come to a surprise. Me. I was like, yeah, of, of course they, they they would. I mean, you know, if you're gonna be like, okay, man, which African country are we now gonna pick to host the first one in the continent? Obviously, you you host the one that that has Europeans who pretty much run a lot of the stuff in it. So, do you, do, do you feel like Nigeria could ever host a World Cup? <laughs> Why do you laugh? Why do you laugh? Because <laughs> I'm just no. I don't want to. I don't want to play in a stereotype. Maybe I'll tell you here. To be honest, no. Nigeria hosted the. I think. I think it was either the under twenty one. I think it was the under seventeen. No, sorry, under twenty. I think no, it was the under seventeen World World Cup. And for me, I think no. Give. It depends if they have the right people in in place. That's the key thing. The right people in place doing the organizing, they can do it. 
the pitches are there, the facilities are there. Like, look, if you go to the north, man, the, I mean, okay, Lagos, it gets a bit tricky in the south, but if you go to the north and the central, facilities there are are very good. Are very good. It, could, just about organization and getting the right people to organize it. And I say, yeah, why not? Because I'm, I'm thinking like in sub-Saharan Africa, if you want to call it that, where could a World Cup be hosted? And I think Nigeria, South Africa. Look, I mean, Ghana possible, man. Look, man, I mean, I've heard a lot of good stuff about people going to Ghana. And I think mm. if Ghana just like, they injected some money into it. Remember, you're giving like five years from the announcement, you're giving five years True. to start preparing. And I think in five years, Ghana. Kenya, could... Kenya might be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the kind of the, the safaris and stuff in Kenya? Look, man, Kenya's. Mm. Carl, Carl, are, are, are you back fully? I am back. Okay. I, I saw your message. It says, sorry, dropped out. I wasn't sure when that was. Um, so you you had a point about Pep's fullbacks. Is that point dead? Because you kind of you, you melted. Kind oh, of. Pep system of football requires very intelligent, athletic fullbacks, and he doesn't necessarily have those players. So um, what is what? Uh, do, do you guys have like an updated? We're like halfway through the Premier League. I think we're one game over. Um, do you guys have kind of like an updated top four that you'd like to announce? Nope. <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, I at the start of the season I said Chelsea were going to win the league, and I stand by that. Surprised by Liverpool, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to stay the course, and we'll finish third. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say third. So uh, second, finish second. Right on Friday. This is this is how often I flip flop and change. On Friday, I went Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, City, United. That was me on Friday. Today, I'm going to say City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs, United. But United won a trophy. So there you are. Which trophy? The uh, FA Cup? League Cup? It or top, four, no, top four is a, is a trophy. Wenger says top four is a trophy. So. <laughs> no, he's trying. Why are you laughing? He said uh, well, I think United. My updated top four is Liverpool. Don't use backwards psychology. <laughs> All right, don't be a critic. So Chelsea first. No, 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 no. Liverpool, Chelsea. I'm gonna put Manchester City third. And fourth, I mean, fuck. don't do it, Daniel. Don't do it. It's 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 their birthright. It's it's their birthright. Don't do it. It's their birthright. For me, it's, for me, it's it, well. Of course, it's between the three teams: Spurs, United, and Arsenal. I kind of want you know. I think United will make it, man. Somehow. So, so, so maybe it's City dropping to fifth, uh, Arsenal fourth, United third. No. Or no, maybe, no. Or, or maybe, or, or maybe United fourth, Arsenal third. Because I, I kind of feel like it's going to be one of those things where. Um, you look at the, you know, where they have like uh, the Premier League table for 2016, and like mm. Chelsea had the most points, and then I think it might have been Liverpool next or whatever it is. I think United are going to be high in that list for the year of 2017, basically the end of this year and the start of next year. Um, so I kind of feel like, right. so I kind of feel like United are going to hit. That I mean, they're already they're in form right now, and I I need to see them do it in a big game though, which comes up this week against Liverpool. Um, so if they can, if they beat Liverpool, I kind of feel like they'll get top four, which then mm-hmm. has me questioning City to a certain extent and Arsenal. And also, I saw this thing 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. It's going around Facebook and it made its way to Twitter, which is kind of backwards. But um, there was a computer program that kind of simulated what would happen this season. And it had Arsenal in sixth. <laughs> well, that computer is on drugs. and. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I would probably, if I'm being objective, right, and I put my Chelsea fanhood aside, I'd say Chelsea are going to win the league. I'd, pr- I'd put Liverpool second. Um, objectively, Arsenal third. And then City fourth. You, you know what? I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you two versions. I think in the... I have like nine versions depending on what. <laughs> oh, my I'll give you the obvious version: <laughs> Chelsea to win, okay. City second, Liverpool third, Arsenal fourth. Now the slightly warped version, which is a version that nobody wants to see, but this is like the thugged out undercurrent down low version. I want the Arsenal fan TV meltdown version. Is what I want. Oh, no, no, we do, we do, and that's the version that we all want to see. But I think this, <laughs> this version is Man City to Arsenal win. eighth. <laughs> so it's basically Man City to win it. Chelsea second. I'm listening. Okay. You're making this up as you go along, aren't you? No, no, no. Chelsea second. <laughs> um. Yeah, you are. Um. I was a school. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So City first. Chelsea second. United third, Liverpool fourth. Ooh. Yeah, that's that, that's that's the very sneaky version. Yeah, and that's and, and in that version, Arsenal are, are nowhere to be seen. That's like one but, of those video games. That's ones. like the, the crazy warped version. So you guys ever play FIFA and like Stoke City make the top four? Oh yeah. Like FIFA needs to fix that. Like what's Crystal Palace? <laughs> and like Man- Manchester City are in like ninth. Like, how does this work? Crystal Palace have a lot of AC players and the world of FIFA pace means points. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like Townsend and Zaha. Zaha all those people. Their center forward is Christian Benteke, though. Well, like, he's very good in FIFA. Oh, questions. All right, guys. Find these questions. Okay, this is from Sam Bradley at Fly to Me Review. What is, what's at, a lovely name? Bradley, you have a beautiful name. Carry on. Uh, at Talking Tactics. Who needs to buy what in January? Also, why are Man City trying to buy even Rakitic? <laughs> um, well, sit, well, they need Rakitic because Gunohan was injured and they need a, a, a midfielder in the same ilk as Ilkay. Hey, ilk, Ilkay. Um, so Rakitic does make sense. City need, need to buy some defenders. United need a midfield enforcer and maybe a defensive backup with Eric Bailly going out. Um, to the thing, United getting Griezmann is a stupid, stupid move. If Arsenal <laughs> had any brains, can you get a striker, please? PSG need a striker who's a different characteristic to what Cavani is. Barcelona need a replacement for Dani Alves. Um, Juventus could do with an attacking winger, which is why the, the Sanchez thing makes sense. Dortmund need some defenders. Dortmund need a better defender to play alongside so. Socrates because because um, Subotic and Batra are useless. Um, <laughs> Tottenham need a striker because Janssen is one of the worst football players I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool need a better defender to play alongside Matip. Maybe another midfielder because they have Sacco. What is going on with Sacco, man? Look, look. I think I think they've. 
those bridges have been burnt now between him and Klopp, so there's no point. Just get get another defender because there's no going back from the is, amount of is, bad is this still lingering from the fact that they thought he did drugs when he didn't? So maybe they... oh, I think it was also I think look, it's I think it's just a personal thing between them. Chelsea need it. You see, with Chelsea, I need to understand what's going on. Does Conte believe in Baswai or not? Because it feels like if he doesn't really believe in him. I don't because understand. You can't go through a season hoping that Deco Costa will be fit and ready for the whole season. You need another striker. But so, Lorente. What? Fuck off with Lorente for Bashuai. Like I don't know. I'm blocking Chelsea if they sign Lorente. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only recourse I have. I don't want Lorente in this team. But actually, I think I think Lorente is like a brick academy, like on a real something. I mean, wow. I mean, that's see now that's like, see. That's what you call a bad signing. So Lorente is good in the air. He's got a proven track. He's he's been with Conte before, I believe, at Juventus. Carl, he's garbage. He's garbage, Carl. Carl, Peter Crouch is good in the air. I don't want him in Chelsea, bro. Peter Crouch is not good in the air. That is a common misnomer. Peter Crouch <laughs> is not good in the air because he has a very poor muscle setup in his back. Oh, does he? I just went with a tall player. There we go. Andy Carroll's good in the air. I don't want him at Chelsea, bro. Fair. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll I'll be quiet. <laughs> He's six foot Next seven. Question. How is he not good? At well, yeah, and, and also, what's it called? Um, whole city needed an an entirely new new team, like <laughs> eleven players. So Swansea City needs Jesus. Uh... Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. They, they need divine intervention. <laughs> um, Granada need like two squads. Like... <laughs> Swansea need intervention, but not hot. <laughs> no, actually, no, no. Those no, no. Granada needed divine intervention, two squads, and like in like like in a new life. They need like eleven of Christ's disciples. I mean, do you know what it means that the first game of twenty seventeen in La Liga, you get baptized. So this, so remember, you 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 start the year how you finish. So how the hell are Granada going to finish that year? So what what were, what were they thinking getting baptized? The first official game in 2017. I mean, wow. So yeah, man, those, that's my those are my things of what guys need. But I think the the team who are in desperate need of January, I would say, is um, Liverpool. If if we're talking, yeah, Liverpool. probably Liverpool. Yeah, I think I'm, Liverpool. I'm, they need to get a goalkeeper, but they're not going to get the world. The, 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 the... We talked about this last week. I don't goalkeeping understand. Coach. Look, as, look, as you said like, in the last thing, what he's good at, you can't teach. What he's good at, you can teach. Buy, see, Liverpool, buy a better goalkeeping coach. Because obviously, the goalkeeping coach you have is... <laughs> yeah. Buy, sack buy a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy, no, look, buy it. Like, you can do it in football manager. Like, sack your goalkeeping coach. <laughs> Next question. Next Carl, question. Carl, 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 do you have any, like, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just take United and maybe I'll take Chelsea. But do you, do you have any needs that United need? I think we need defensive cover at right back and sort out what's going on with our centre backs because Jones and Smalling aren't one of them will come a cropper soon, so we might need we might need cover there. Um I think left back Luke Shaw will figure it out eventually, hopefully. Midfield and Forza, man, your boys need to move from Forza Pogba needs to be freed up. I think United is now a case of Mourinho moving on players that he doesn't feel are his. Mm. So I think January will see Memphis go, Schneidling go, maybe one other player. Uh, 
it, it's a shame what happened to Schneiderlin. I think he's he could have been a very good player for United, but I think he'll he somewhere else. So there you are. Yeah, for Chelsea, I mean, it's it's always a question of what can you get in this window, and I think bringing back Nathan Ake from Bournemouth is smart. I would like us to go out and get an actual wing back because the moment Alonso or Moses goes down and we and we have to pay play um are you cutting wood? Oh no no, no. just cleaning my screen because it's filthy. Oh. Wait, is, is <laughs> could you not wait? <laughs> Why now? <laughs> Look, man, the wipes where we were just there staring at me, and I'm looking at at, at death everywhere, you know. And then, and then, and then, and then, Carl doesn't want to answer me about midfield and forces, so I felt left out, you know. So, um, anyway, the moment Moses goes down and Conte's left to play Brennis Levovanovic at right wing back, I think I might just stab my left eye out. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. surely, surely. He moves Aspilicueta forward and then brings back Zuma in your back three. He won't play Aspilicueta at wing back. From from what I've observed, Aspilicueta at wing back isn't something that he's willing to do. Otherwise, he that would be a second team option. But he's more content playing Ivanovic there and Pedro as a wing back, which worked against Peterborough, albeit. Uh, next question from Footy Goal. Your take on potential expansion of the FIFA World Cup from 32 to 48 teams starting from 2026. If if it happens, then I'll 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 kill Infantino. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, that is how I mean. There goes our FIFA sponsorship. Stupid, stupid, <laughs> crap, rubbish, awful, disgraceful, the dumbest idea I've ever had in my life. So, stupidity, auto stupidity. Okay. okay, so if you were born in 1950 and there were only 13 teams, would you have hated the expansion from 13 to 16 and then 16 to 24 and then 24 to 32? Isn't this just natural it, progression? No, it, is, no, it's not. no, the number is perfect right now. Obviously, 13, you only want, but literally, the form, you know, you always reach a point where you say, no, this works. We've now reached a point where no, this actually works, where it's certain groups. Two teams come from another group, so everything just goes in well, and it's like the it's the perfect time, space, perfect length. Everything is perfect right now. When you're not bringing in like oh, best third place loser, a first round, you're not going to second round. No, sixteen no. groups, no of three. No, 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 no. Oh, no. what? No. no, no. You would have group P. <laughs> you would have group LMNOP. Like group Jesus. group group P for him, piss off. So no. <laughs> the winners of Group P are Latvia. Like, fuck out of here. That's pretty comprehensive. It's 32 or 40, 48 nations. So the, the, the spirit of expanding the competition would be to allow other nations that wouldn't normally qualify get in. But what you essentially do is you render the opening rounds of the tournament useless, right? Yes. Getting rid of the worst team. And the worst team will most likely be very obvious. I also feel as if three team lend themselves to very conservative football. Mm. I doubt you'd see a 3-0 or a 2-0. I think many of the games would be 1-0 because those teams would be like, right, let's just not lose, Beat which them. is a problem that happened to the Euros. Yes, Portugal Best got through without winning a single game. They got through to this next one without winning a single game. 
So I think I think 32 is enough. Not only should there be a 32 World uh, a 32 team World Cup finals, there should also be some form of plate for if you'll forgive me for using the term lesser footballing nations. So I think in qualifying and whatnot. So basically, like the Europa League to the World Cups Champions League. Possibly. Um, you, you see the, the argument put forward all the time about should San Marino be playing a team like England every single time where you know it's going to happen. On one hand, if the result is a done deal every single time, it, it sort of robs the spectacle. But on the other hand, the the idea that a player from San Marino can rub shoulders with some of the best players in the world. So... No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No. <laughs> this is not. This is this is competition. This is, oh, how lovely. Let's all get together. Oh, let's just give us a chance as a small nation to be able to play the same pitch as the bigger players. No, 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 no. This is the World Cup. This is the best of the best. We have qualifications, which weeds out a competition in which we will see the best of the best. Because what we want to achieve is from the very beginning of June to the end of July, we're having the best possible matches because we've, these are the best teams in the world. The best of the two teams in the world. I don't want any kind of, oh, so lovely, ha, 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 blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. No. Well, there you have it. It's, well, uh, there you just, have it. Just, just, uh, isn't the argument to be more fair with the distribution of the 32 teams? That way, certain federations don't feel like they're being take, kind take of... Take sports from Europe, give more to Africa and South America. Simple. Europe have, have too many sports. They've only been two European teams that have won the World Cup more than once. Why do Europe have, what, seven, eight spots? Come on. Come on, why? We have two more questions, um, so hopefully we can squeeze this in pretty quick. Um, from Rahimsky, this is kind of related. How mm. would you rate FIFA President Infantano's one-year reign thus far? Uh, what do you see happening in the FIFA scandal case? I'm not all too familiar with the FIFA scandal case. Maybe one of you two is. Um, as for how would I rate Infantino's one-year reign thus far, I feel like we all thought because he could speak all these different languages during the Champions League ball ceremony and he knew how to say Atletico de Madrid and instead of saying Atletico Madrid, that we all thought he was probably smarter than he was. So maybe I'm expecting too much from him to clean up set bladder. But then again, I, I kind of have a problem with the English media's representation of set bladder. In that, because he didn't give them a World yeah, Cup, yeah, that yeah, he was yeah. horrible for football. <laughs> yeah, he was just horrible to you. But yeah. South Africa wouldn't feel that way. Qatar wouldn't feel that way. So I'm kind of torn. That yeah, he's probably corrupt. But if he's corrupt in a good way, or not an evil way, then uh, I'm kind of cool with it. Yeah, no, no, for but, me, I I feel that. I mean, on both of the points. First of all, for Infantino. In indifference, can't judge him. But if he goes through with this World Cup thing, then he's been, then he'll be one of the worst presidents of all time. And I will sack him if he goes through with this World <laughs> Cup. But I mean, but to the points of um, what's also called the, the scandal thing, like, you know, see, the thing with Blatter is that, again, great point that what Daniel made is that was, was Blatter hor- horrible? Like the vitriol that he receives, especially from England. And America. It's strange. Yeah, and also remember, the people who have always supported him have been the African delegation. So, like, and my thing is that, you know what, say what you will about Seb Blatter, he fought to bring that thing in South Africa. England were ready to take that walk up from South Africa because England were like, look, man, 
we are ready to host the World Cup under short notice if South Africa are not ready to host it. And Sepp said, nope, South Africa are going to be with it. And everyone said, no, South Africa, they'll, 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 they'll ruin it. It won't go well. It won't go smoothly. And he fought for South Africa to have it. So, like, that's what, for me, the step is that, like, man, I can't be on that boat of hating blacks because of how he fought for bringing it to the African continent. I mean, and, and yes. you can even see it now by how um, America wants, would want to take the Qatar World Cup or mm. even the, um, the Russian World Cup, and we can host it. We can flip this in, like, 18 months or however long it is. Mm. Actually, 11 months? just next year so it's it's more money making than anything because the world cup is the most popular competition mm. in the world and it's a billion dollars billions of dollars in mm. television money tourism so when you have someone who's saying ah, no i right the nation makes a net loss when you host the world cup television companies your if your country hosts a world cup you will make a loss. Television companies? The, companies will, the television companies will make a profit. The that's, country... Yes, that's that, that's my whole point. I don't mean the government. I mean, like, if you're a newspaper or a television company, you want it in your country. That makes sense. So if Seth Blatter does something um, that you don't feel will get an adequate representation of the money that could be earned, if that makes sense, then you're going to probably paint him as some malevolent white cat stroking guy in the bottom of a dormant volcano. <laughs> and I don't necessarily believe the representation that I see on Fox Sports. Forgive me for not believing, you know, Rupert Murdoch's sports entity. Apologies in advance. Hmm. Depending on the money that you put, is it a net loss? England already have the infrastructure where you can play games at Wembley, Old Trafford, wherever. So England maybe, could do it tomorrow. Right. And and they would still lose money? It hasn't been done in a nation that could turn it around tomorrow. The, the general consensus is to throw a tournament, you'd have to spend so much money updating your transport, your stadiums, and your general infrastructure on mm -hmm. policing and uh, general governmental work. So I think a very interesting rule that came in for the 2014 World Cup is uh, drinking alcohol in and around stadiums in Brazil. Uh, Brazilian football had a long problem with alcohol in and around football stadiums during games. So the Brazilian government made moves to strictly prohibit that. Uh, but in the lead up to the 2014 World Cup, one of the big World Cup sponsors is Budweiser, of course. So FIFA did a number of rules to Budweiser beer to be drunk in and around stadiums which then caused its own fans could drink loads of alcohol and beat each other up. Um, and it, it's things like that that are particularly taxing and expensive for governments to work their way around. Anyone that lives in certain areas of London will understand what happened in the lead up to the Olympics. There are certain buildings in Stratford that have remnants of anti-aircraft guns on their rooftops. Such was the increase in security. And there are certain areas in London where we're still paying on certain products to pay off that via taxes. So in mind, a World Cup generally causes a loss in money, but it what it's good for is quote unquote happiness, a happiness quotient. Um, you feel as if it was worth it because 
for a point in time, all the eyes were on you. You want to host the World Cup as a soft power. It's basically a very nice, cushy way of propaganda. Makes sense. You look at what happened with um, China and how they used to basically, like, towns were bulldozed to make space for the Olympics in China. So I think that you have to look beyond face value is like, man, boom, we have this competition, blah, blah, the opening ceremony, closing ceremony, blah, blah. But the people who are affected don't ever get on the news. The media never covers them. Look, as as Trump says, don't believe the media. <laughs> don't the media quote never... Trump, please. Yes, I mentioned <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> next Saturday, it's all it's it's pops off next Saturday, yes. So the media don't show the residents, the people who live in these areas who are now affected three, four, five years down the line after everything has all gone, you know, because you only do just spend, 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 borrow, borrow, borrow. Then it's like, oh, crap, we now have to pay it all back. So, Oh, I recommend anyone that wants to know about the FIFA scandal regarding Blatter, uh, I recommend you hunt down the book The Ugly Game by Heidi Blake and Jonathan Calvert. It is a phenomenal piece of work. Mm, from will, Sunday Times Journalist. I will note that down right now. The, the Ugly Game, you say? The Ugly Game. Fantastic book. Uh, I used to work with Heidi Blake when I was at BuzzFeed. She's a fantastic investigative journalist and more or less figured out that Blatter was crooked. But yeah, hunt that down if you want to know more about what happened to Blatter. Essentially, Blatter is very hard to find because he never took a bribe. Mm. Right, was because he gave himself a very, very, very high... Uh, daily allowance. The president of FIFA is allowed something up into the region of 50,000 a day. Anytime you go to another country, their federation wants to give you the best to impress you. It's very, very hard for them to bribe you because obviously you have everything you want in the first place. How much a day? It, it was something in the region of 50,000 a day for allowances. My quick math Expenses. says that's 18 million a year. Ooh, somewhere. I'm very, very bad, but I can do simple multiplication pretty well. You give me algebra, you start putting letters in it, and I'm fucked. He was allowed a daily allowance. So you, you could spend up to 50000 a day, and that just be classes as expenses. Times 365 times 550000 On 18250000 in a year. That's a lot of bribe money if you've been in office how long? Since like 1998? That's how much you could spend a day if you wished. And of course, when you're being, when you pay yourself that much money, why take a bribe? Um, which was one reason why it was very hard to like track him. And of course, I think Blatter was behind it, but where are FIFA headquarters? Swiss bank accounts. Yep. And in Switzerland, it is not illegal to take a bribe, is it? Yeah. Hunt down the ugly game if you want to know more about FIFA and how the Qatar World Cup was won. Um, essentially, England lost because they're not as good as bribing people as other nations are. Bribery is the way of the world, man. It's it's, it's reality, man. Don't be too <laughs> ab- bribery. Above it. Bribery. So. You say bribery. Someone else says lobbying. Isn't that the argument? Someone else says communication. Someone, says, someone else says talk. You know. So. All right. So well, one more question, also from Andrew. Why are English players less likely to transfer to China? For example, Rooney. Why are so many Chelsea players moving particularly? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Oscar, I mean, my gosh, that guy, is a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a useless player. He scored but on I'm... his debut. What do you mean? Shanghai have a winner. 
he's a useless. I'll, I'll say again, he's a useless player, and Chelsea got a great deal of a guy who's complete and utter nonsense. So, but why? Um, why? I guess the the main question is why are English players less likely to go to China? Because of the English mentality of like, if you go there, because English people are like loyalty, you know, be faithful to the thing, be real. Because one thing, look, England, they may not produce technically good football players, but what they are, are they've got good loyalty. That is what England is known for, being very loyal and being very real. So they'd see that as being disloyal and it's very, you know, on English, like, you know, you know going for, for the money, blah, 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 blah. But still, I will still say, trust me, some English players will start kind of very soon. But don't... Whoa, what the heck is that, man? Are you are you erasing, like, your ass or something? No, no, I'm just wiping my screen off. Oh. Why are you all wiping your screen? Hey! man. Come on, man. It's payback. Man. 27 payback. Wipe your screen. Make your screen clean. Make your screen clean. It's payback. You wipe your screen. Ten more minutes. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a new crazy right. twenty seventeen. That's my New Year's resolution to have a beautiful we're even, looking Chrome. We're even. I only had five more minutes to get that in. So, anyway, Carl, uh, why don't England people or England people? Why don't English people go to China? Your hypothesis: uh, culture shock, language difference. It's one thing to be one of the biggest players in the world for playing in the Premier League. Is it that much better to fly? For a lot more money in unknown circumstances, the English players don't tra- don't really leave the Premier League. We know this for a fact, um, and I think I haven't. I wouldn't believe. I can't really think of a, a player that would. English players are still reluctant to go to the United States and enjoy the United States. Walk before you can run. You barely see English players in Spain, or Italy, yeah. Germany, France. They're just gonna decide to go to China and learn Mandarin. Like, nah, bro. <laughs> You have the option to go if you're if you're good if you're Rooney you could play relatively oh, say relatively I mean like let's say the year two thousand nine you're Wayne Rooney you can play for Manchester United or you can go live in Madrid or Barcelona if you wanted or Milan if you want and you still choose to stay in Manchester because you've grown up with the idea that Manchester United is the peak of what I can do as a footballer. It's, it's, it's like it's like Gerard could have gone to Real Madrid at one point, I believe, but and he just chose to stay in Liverpool because, like like you say, loyalty and like Carl said, the idea of I'm already in the culture I need to be in. There's no point to go to China. Also, at the time in 2000, we'll say 10, China wasn't offering you 600 racks a week, <laughs> so so maybe that would have been different. But anyway, are we done? That's a wrap, people. All right, guys, uh, Talking Texas Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There's something else that I'm forgetting. SoundCloud. SoundCloud, obviously. This is where this is going to go. Um, you can follow us individually. I'm at Daniel to look. I'm at Half Hope Hot. I'm Command 616. Why aren't you Carl Anker? Did someone still still? There's a me? person in Mexico. Really? There's a person in Mexico called Carl Anker. So there you are. Terrible. Yeah, we do this every Tuesday. Hopefully, join us next week. Uh, Talking Tactics Podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll peace. see you guys next week, guys. All right, peace. Hey, give me
Social Podcast Network.